God's word, not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, we thank you for this time that we have the fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. As we hear the word of God this morning, our eyes are open, our ears are receptive, and our hearts are wide open to receive the engrafted word which can take our lives to another level. As we hear today, Lord, I thank you that the Spirit of God is going to individually minister to each person that's here in this room. And I thank you that as I have decreased the anointing of God to teach and preach to your people, is going to rise up to minister to everyone here spiritually. And our lives will be the better after we have heard the word of truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We're currently still teaching the series on how to have a better life. Say, how to have a better life. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you having a better life yet? Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, if you're not, go buy the CDs. (laughs) The goal of our series is to help you discover that a better life is available and provide you with spiritual principles and practical steps to improve your life regardless of where you currently are. Now, today's message is designed to help you understand the daily steps to help you establish direction for your spiritual life. So today's message, if you want to write it down, is vision for a better life. Say that with me. Say vision for a better life. Now, of course, our main scripture we've been using is John 10, 10. I want to see if you can say that scripture with me. Say, the thief coming not, say it with me, the thief coming not before to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That is what Jesus has promised us. And how many of you know that when God promised you something, he is not an Indian giver? Remember that growing up? Amen. Now, better does not necessarily mean that things are bad. That just means that there's room for improvement. Amen? Amen. How many in here lives can be improved a little bit? Amen. Now, we've been talking about principles to a better life. And so this morning, I want to start out in Proverbs chapter 29. If you will, get your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 29. I want to use this because we're talking about vision for a better life. Vision for a better life. And in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, if you're there, say, I'm there. All right. It says, where there is no vision, what happens to the people? They what? They perish. Now, the Amplified says where there is no vision or no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. In other words, if we don't really know who God is for ourselves, we will end, we'll, we'll end up perishing. So we must have a vision. Everybody say vision. We must have spiritual vision for our lives so that we can live a life that is better. Now, I like to think... Uh, 
How many in here have a car with a GPS system in it? Let me see your hand. You know, uh, I have one in, in my car, and I'm thankful for my GPS system because my wife is not a good GPS system. She gave me some directions yesterday, and I, I don't know where I was. But my, let me tell you why I like mine. It allows you to, you know, put the address in while you're still driving. Most of them, you have to be still, you know, for safety purposes. But in my car, you can put it in and drive at the same time. And I like that. And what's the purpose of a GPS system? It's to give you step-by-step directions on getting from where you are to where you want to go. And so this morning, my goal is not necessarily to show you where you want to go because if you want a better life, you know what that means to you. Amen. But see, this morning, I want to kind of narrow it down because you really can't have a better life without God being first in your life. Now, my job is to show us where we are today and then give us some practical steps on how to get there because I believe many people every year purpose to be somewhere in God and they never get there because they don't know what the practical steps are this morning. Amen? Amen. And, and, and you know, I have not heard, anybody in here have a male GPS voice in your, in your car? It's a man. Anybody got a man? <laughs> Someone pointed their husband. Him. Him. He's the GPS man. Well, all the ones I've seen have been women. But, but, you know, I'm wondering, what would it be like to have a celebrity GPS voice? Like a singer, like maybe Shaka Khan. You are going to turn right there. What about Barry White? That would be neat, right? If you were a lady, you know. Hi. This is Barry. You know, I got that music playing. Dun, dun, dun. What, what, what about Luther Vandross? He's driving down the street. A turn is not a turn. Even when you are going the wrong way. Today, my goal is to give you some step-by-step instructions. Say step-by-step instructions. Because most people need to have some direction on how to grow closer to God. Now, I heard a story about a little little boy and a man. This man uh, was going through the hood, and uh, he was lost. So he saw a little boy sitting on the corner, and he rolled down his window. He said, excuse me, little boy, uh, do you live around here? He said, yeah, I live around here. He said, "Uh, I'm lost. Uh, Where where would this road take me if I could go straight? And the little boy said, I don't know, and I don't even care. (laughs) The man was like, whoa, (laughs) you know, he's fine. He's in the hood, so what does he expect anyway? So he said, well, if I turn left, where would that road take me? He said, I don't know, and, and I don't care. So finally he says, okay. Knowing that he thinks his boy is going to say the same thing, he says, well, if I made a right, which way would that take me? He says, yo. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even care. So finally the man said, look, I'm not going to go backwards because I just came from there. But what if I went backwards, where would that go? Yo. I don't know. And I don't care. The man looked at him and said, son, you sure don't know a lot, do you? He said, I'm not the one lost. You are. And that's some of us. We don't know that we're lost spiritually. Not that we're not saved. Some of us, as I get into the message, I believe this, this message is going to help those of us who've been in the faith for a little while. Go to Revelations, if you would, chapter 3. 
Revelation 3. Now, Revelation is one. How many grew up saying, don't re, you know, you don't supposed to read the book of Revelation? Come on, come on now. Come on, anybody? Don't read the book of Revelation. Like it's got a shotgun in there, and you read it, and you're going to get shot. Bad things happen to you if you read the Revelation. <laughs> I was like, man, what is this? Now, let's start, if you want to take notes, let's start our vision pursuit by first assessing our relationship with God. God, I believe, is challenging us to not stay where we are. Amen. Uh, Revelation chapter 3, look in verse 15, if you would. I'm starting in verse 15. Now, this is uh, Jesus, and uh, you notice if you have a Bible that has red in it, this is Jesus talking. He's talking to the church of the Laodiceans. And in verse 15, he says, I know your works. He says, and that you're neither, what's that word? Cold, nor what? Hot. I want you to circle cold, and I want you to circle hot. Then he goes on to say, I would that you would be cold or hot. He says, listen, I want you to be one of those, be one of them. Then verse 16, he says, so then because you are what? Lukewarm, circle that word, lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. One translation just uses the word spit. How many got spit in your Bible? Let me see. Amen. If you've got a New King James Bible, it probably says spit. It says vomit with the New King James. Blech. Okay, I'm being censored. I can't do that. Okay. That's your fault, Pastor Jay, right there. That's your fault. Okay. Notice Jesus said, I know your works and that you're neither cold nor hot. But then he goes on to say you're lukewarm. Now, the word hot there in the Greek is the Greek word zestos. Z-E-S-T-O-S. And it comes from our English word zesty, which in that case means what? Something spicy. But this word actually means boiling hot. So what Jesus was saying is, he says, you're neither boiling hot. Now, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I want you to write the word hot, and then I want you to put this meaning by the side of it that we're going to use. It means you are growing. You are growing. That means you are on fire for God. You are moving forward. You're making strides. You're not where you want to be, but you are constantly moving toward him. And you're not what you used to be, but you you are on fire for God. Remember when you first got saved? That's what I'm talking about. I mean, you were hot, you were hot, you were hot. Now, go to 2 Thessalonians. Keep your hand here because we're going to come back. Go to 2 Thessalonians. Let me show you what this actually means. 2 Thessalonians. Let me show you what the word hot means when you, you are growing. Because sometimes as believers, we can get trapped in not growing anymore. And sometimes we blame it on God. Sometimes we blame it on the pastor. Sometimes we blame it on the church. But really, we have to take responsibility for our own spiritual growth. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, look in verse 3. It says now, For we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because that your faith, what? What is it? Your faith is growing. You are growing. You are hot. And it's exceedingly. And the love of every one of you all toward each other abounds. It is very, very difficult to say you're growing and you're hot. If your love is not changed. Amen. Amen. Now, what did I tell you that the word hot meant? 
You are what? You are what? You are growing. Now, let's go back to Revelation. Go back to Revelation. I told you to put your finger there. Now, let's look at this word cold. That word cold means just that, just cold. It's like a cold drink of water. And so we're going to, I want you to write this down as the meaning for that. That's those who do not know God yet. In other words, those are people, which may be some in here, who've never accepted Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. They have never, ever had a spiritual conversion in their life. It was like me growing up. I was 20 years old. I went to church as a young person, as a, as a teenager, as a kid. My parents made sure we went to church. But I never understood that I needed a conversion in my life. I even went to a Christian school. I'm talking about a college, Christian college. Here it was. I'm attending a Christian college, but I'm not a Christian. I'll never forget, you know, I did a lot of stuff that Christians don't do either. But what can you expect from a non-Christian? But here it was. I was in a church all my life, never knowing that I needed Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I'll never forget, you know, we're sitting in chapel because they made you go to chapel at this Christian college. They made me take new classes, New Testament, Old Testament. I don't remember a thing from those classes. And I remember sitting in chapel and they would serve communion. And so, you know, communion was coming through. And, you know, I'm sitting with my boys, and I'm like, man, what's in that cup? I was like, I don't know. I said, man, I ain't drinking that. I don't know what's in there, man. This may be a Jim Jones school. <laughs> so we would take the Quaker or the little wafer, and we would put it in the cup, and it would dissolve. See, man, I told you, man, that thing gone. Well, this bread is going to dissolve, right? But these are people who don't know God yet. And people who know about God, now, now listen, listen, listen. There's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God personally. See, okay, how many here like sports? Let me see your hand. Okay, all right. Uh, If you have a favorite team, for the most part, you're going to know most of all the players. Am I right about it? Now, you may know about those players. You may even know how they look if you saw them in person, but you don't know them personally. And that's how it is for people who don't know God. They may know about God, but they don't really know who God is. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Amen. So now, uh, and and you can write this down for just uh, taking notes, say, write down 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. Don't turn to it. It says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to those who are lost, in whom the God, the little g, the devil of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel shine. So people who are not saved don't know that the devil is blocking them from sin. And I'm hoping today, if you're not saved today, that block going to come down. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 2. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. Now, let's focus on the one that I think a lot of us have problems with, and that's the one about lukewarm. Now, Hebrews chapter 2. Notice Jesus said, if you were lukewarm, what did he say he was going to do? So that just means a lukewarm state to the Lord is not a good one. Now, this particular state is a dangerous place to be in. Now, I want you to write this down as the meaning for the word lukewarm. It means you are just drifting. Everybody say just drifting. You're just drifting. You say, well, Pastor, drifting, what do you mean? If you were to take and draw a spiritual just like a, 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 a spiritual line of your life. 
And you, you were able to look at one part of your spiritual life and go, I was actually closer to God then than I am now. Then that may be means you're lukewarm right now. Now, don't mix up lukewarm with, with uh, backsliding. Because, see, that's what we do. Since we're not, see, backsliding means, you, you know, you're doing the Michael Jackson. He didn't probably do it like that, but I can't do it on the carpet, okay? I need some cement. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. Backsliding means that you were walking with God and the things you used to do, you you started back doing them again. You used to cuss. You had stopped cussing, you went back to cussing. You went back to this, you went back to that. That's backsliding. But backsliding is different from being lukewarm. Lukewarm means you're just drifting. Do you all understand what I'm saying? All right, look in uh, Hebrews, what I tell you to go? Hebrews chapter, look in verse 1. He says, therefore we ought to give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should what? Let them slip. And one, uh, one translation says... Uh, that we, it don't say slip, it says to drift. In other words, you can be in a place in your life right now as a believer and you are drifting and don't know it. And if you can draw that spiritual timeline in your life and there's, if there's a point in your life that you can point to and say, I was closer to God then than I am right now, that just means you're drifting. But how many know that we have a key to drifting this morning? I have a key for you this morning that's really going to bless your life. Now, let me give you some some, uh, you know, because some of us, we're too spiritual. Y'all say, I ain't drifting. So let me give you some keys to see if you're drifting. Here's the first one. Your works for God are there. Because remember now, in the book of Revelations, he says, I know your works. So your works for God are there, but the intimacy with him is not. Y'all remember that song? I miss my time with you. Those moments together. Okay. Y'all ain't never heard? Okay, whatever. Y'all need salvation. Y'all don't know that song. Everybody know that song. No, I'm just playing. All right. So your works are there, but the intimacy with God is not. Here's the second one. The blessings are there. God has blessed you, but the investment of time with him is not. Here's another one. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, you don't have to go there. It says, wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with greater cloud, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race. See, sometimes we pick up weights along the Christian way. Now, the third one is, life has gotten so busy and cluttered that time with God has been squeezed out, and you have picked up different priorities and responsibilities along the way. If that has happened, you and I or whoever, you're drifting. Am I stepping on anybody right now? Let me just see your hand. If I'm stepping, come on, don't be ashamed. I'm stepping on some, I know, I know. It's all good. It's all good. Now, most of the time, there's a barrier between us and God when we're drifting. And most of us know the barriers. We just have not done anything to get rid of them. But see, you got to realize that that barrier is keeping you from God's presence. And the scripture says, in his presence is where fullness of joy. It didn't say joy. It says the fullness of joy. So if I walk out of my prayer closet with God 
And see, you cannot be so religious when you talk about spending time with God. Amen. Amen. What, what would a good, I want you to write, write some things down. What would be a good goal vision of making a strong spiritual relationship with God? What would that look like to you? What would that look like? Write some things down. What would it look like for you for 2010 to have a strong spiritual relationship with God? What would that look like? Because if you don't have a vision for it, you can't get there. Now, here's the thing that I think most people have a problem with. God seems like he's so far away from them, they can't relate to him like they relate to people. In other words, you know, like some people, they think God is from England because they, when they pray, they pray in King James. <laughs> Thou most holy and gracious God. I beseech thee now to enter into thou's presence. And God is looking at you like, you ain't from England either. I mean, think about it. Listen, you don't have to approach God like that. Listen, wake up in the morning and just be excited. Go in there and just say, hey, Lord, what's going on this morning? I got to be at work and I got to leave in about 15 minutes. I know you know that. I slept good last night. How'd you sleep? I know you don't sleep. Okay, it's all good. I mean, God has a, he has a, you know, he has a sense of humor. And when you talk to him, just talk to him. See, many of us are carrying our problems with us. Listen, when you walk out with fullness of joy, you can't get, nothing else can get in. See, no, no problem can get in if you're full of joy. Amen. So, what would be a good example of moving toward a spiritual destination to getting closer with God. Like, for instance, with me. I'm really, you know, because for the last five years I've been doing the same routine, it's been hard for me to change my prayer time. Very difficult. And the Lord wants me to get up at five. So I've been trying five, and five just ain't working right now. So you know what? I've decided I'm just going to back into it. So now, five, I'm, what, 545. That's about, as, you know, that's... And then I'm just going to back the time down. And when I got 45, 545 down, then I'm going to back it down to 530. And then when I got 530 down, I'm going to bag it up to 515. And then hopefully before 2010 is out, I'll be getting up at 5. <laughs> but, but, but I got a de- destination in mind. Are you all with me? So take some time. Write down what, is it look, what does it look like to have a great relationship with God? Well, one of them should be you should read the Bible every day. Now, see. We know that, but see, there is a difference between what I call claim values and true values. See, claim values are what you know you're supposed to do, but see, true values are what you are actually doing, and we know we should do this, but somehow our lives have gotten so cluttered. We're just not doing it on a consistent basis. But if you draw that timeline again, man, years ago, you wouldn't have ever let that happen to you. You're going to, even if it was just one verse, you're going to read that verse. You're going to meditate in that verse. Amen. I remember in school, we used to fast. I used to personally fast every Tuesday, every Tuesday. I used to fast. As skinny as I was, I was still fast every Tuesday. I don't fast every Tuesday right now. But you know what? Fasting ain't going to hurt me. I mean, we fast at the beginning of the year. That's, that's one time. But, but, but when was it? Oh, my goodness. I am stepping on some big old fat 
knuckle toes right now. When was the last time you even fasted without being a part of a group fast? See, we think fasting is, uh, I'm fasting so I can show God how much I love him. That's not why you fast. You fast to get your flesh down. You are denying your flesh because if you don't watch it, your flesh will get its way. Your flesh be like, I don't care what I'm, I know I'm supposed to get up and go to church today. I ain't getting up. I'm tired. God understand, I worked all day yesterday. Well, who haven't worked all day? Amen. Who is quiet in here? Let me get off of that one. Okay. So what's the answer? I got five things for you this morning. Let's start our GPS journey to creating a strong spiritual vision and relationship with God. I'm going to give you five things you can do to increase your relationship. Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Go to Jeremiah chapter 29 and write down verse 13 if you're taking notes. Are you getting anything this morning? Are you, are you getting a little convicted this morning? Just a little bit. Amen. See, if, see, conviction is different from condemnation now. Condemnation is what the devil does. Conviction is where the Holy Spirit says, okay, he's kind of talking to you. He's kind of talking to you. And see, if we don't watch it, we'll be like, he ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. Okay. Well, I'll tell you to go. Jeremiah 29, write down verse 13. If you're there, say, I'm there. Okay. This is a great verse. Watch this now. Here's the first thing we're going to do, and then we'll read the verse. Here's the first thing we're going to do to grow closer to God is that you need to know God intimately. You need to know God intimately. This is really getting to know God on a personal level. This is seeking him for ourselves. And in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, it says, and this is God talking, and you shall seek me, and what else? Find me. When you shall search for me with what? See, God wants it all. He says, you will seek me and you will find me. But the condition is you got to do it with all your heart. And you know what? We got to get all in. You know, we've been so beat up by relationships, past ones, present ones, you know, and some of y'all future and ain't even here yet. You done got so beat up in those relationships, you ain't giving nobody your all. And you know what? You don't realize this, but getting in, jumping in and out of bad relationships, do you know that that will hold you back from giving God your all too? Because see, the more your heart gets hurt, the harder it is to give it to God. So to have, a, to be intimate with God, you need two things. Number one, you need trust and you need truth. Or you can say truth and trust. Those two things. Now, John 17, 17, you can write it down. It says, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And the word, and, and truth is really, you can write this down, this is what truth is. It's what God has to say about something. But see, you can have truth, but don't have trust. What is trust? Trust is what I believe through my actions about what God has said. Okay, did y'all hear the first one? What did I say trust was, or truth was? Truth is what God has to say about something. Say that with me. What God has to say about something. Now, trust is what I believe through my actions about what God has said. Trust, watch this now, is normally built around a relationship with someone. See, it's very difficult to trust somebody if you don't have a relationship with them. On an intimate level, what I mean. Oh, okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you all, if I ask you, you know, to, uh, to meet with you at the office or something because I had something good to tell you, uh, how many would come? Okay, you know why you would come? 
Because you know me and you trust me. Now, if you didn't trust me, you would say you would be there, but you wouldn't come. Okay, that's no different than how we are with God. If we don't trust him, then he tells us to do something through his word, but we don't do it because we really don't trust what he's saying. And that only can come when we spend the time to get the truth and then use that truth to find out who God really is. See, when you know he's a way maker, you can jump out there and obey him. Amen. Amen. Now, there is a difference between, okay, let me, let, me, let me give this one. Here's a good claim value. Remember when Peter said, I'll never, never forsake you. I'll never do it. Remember that? And the cock crowed three times. Well, he claimed that he would never deny the Lord. But in reality, he did. You know why? Because he had a claimed way of looking at it. He didn't have it down off in his heart. So let me give you number two real quick. Number two is you're going to have to start sharing Christ. All of them start with SC. The first one was knowing God intimately. The rest of them all start with SC, okay? The second one is sharing Christ effectively or just sharing Christ. Why? Because when we share our faith, it keeps us conscious of what God has done for us. Go, go to Philemon. I know, know that, 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 that book in the Bible, you probably didn't even know it was in there. It's way in the back. It's way, this, this fine revelation. Let me help you because some of y'all find Lehman. I didn't know. I didn't know that was a book in the Bible. Find Lehman, just find revelation and move backwards. You'll see Jude. You'll see 1 John, 2 John, and then Philemon ought to be in between somewhere over there. Where is it at? It's close to Titus. Right after Titus. Find 1 Thessalonians and you, you find Titus and then you find Philemon. It's not, it's not even a chapter. It's just one page. Okay? Philemon 6. Watch what it says. It says that the communication of your faith or what you believe will become effective by acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, I love the, the uh, let me see what version of this that I have. This, this, this is the, uh, the Today's Living Bible, and it says, And I pray that as you share your faith with others, it will grip their lives too as they see the wealth of good things in you that come from Christ Jesus. I mean, when was the last time you shared Christ with someone in your life? Now, let me, let me give you a secret. Bring them here. If you're scared to walk them, you know, through salvation, that's another question. That, when was the last time I led someone to Jesus? Not just sharing. And when was the last time I led someone to Jesus? But let's just say you don't really know how to do that. Just bring them here. See, I can help you and you can help me. I can help teach, teach them and preach to them and get them saved while you bring them. See, here's the thing. I can't know your friends and you may not be able to teach it like me. So we'll work as a team. Now, when they come, I want you right now to think of somebody that's unsaved in your life that you know of. Somebody. One person. And you know what? I want you to reach out to them. And when they come to church, and I say every head bowed and every eye closed, you don't close all your eyes. You keep one of them open. I'm giving you permission to keep one eye open. So... 
you can see them get saved. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says God has given us, this 2 Corinthians 5, has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Then the third thing we need to do is stay connected with those who of a like precious faith on a regular basis. Acts chapter 2 verse 42 and 46, you can write that down. These people, they were in small groups that met on a regular basis and that helped them grow. Let me tell you, let me put it like this. How many here know how to barbecue? Okay, the old school, we didn't use gas. We used coals. You put those coals in there. And listen, if you were to have that fire going, the closer those coals were, the hotter they stayed. But if you were to take one coal off and put it by itself, it is going to go out. And some of us, we are going out because we are not in fellowship with nobody And let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. You cannot grow by yourself. That's the purpose of true group right there. Number three, you must show change. What am I saying? How do I get closer to God? Show change by growing yourself. Matthew 4, 4 says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. The most dangerous statement or thought that will almost definitely stop spiritual growth are the words, that's just me. Those three words are the most dangerous words you could ever think or say out of your mouth. That is just me. Because what you're saying is, this is the way I am, and this is the way I'm going to stay. Well, what if God is trying to change you? Do you know you cannot successfully say you have a deep relationship with God unless you're changing? The Bible says we are changed into his image from glory to glory. All right, number four, or number five. We must serve compassionately. See, you can't do number five without number four. Or number four without number five. Because, see, once you grow, what's the evidence of your growth? By serving. And so we must serve compassionately. Those are two SC words. Growth never takes place through learning. Did you know that? Growth only happens when we do what we've learned. And that can only come through helping other people. And that's why you have to get active in a church. Because if not, you, you know what? You are turning into a spiritual Oink, oink. I'm not going to say the word because I'm being censored. What, what word did I just say? Oink. Yeah, but what does that mean? Y'all said it. I didn't say it. Y'all said it. I didn't say it. Basically, what's happening is you don't grow through learning. You grow through doing what you learn. And many of us have stopped growing because we have stopped doing. I believe by the Spirit of God, every head bowed right now. I I pray for this moment right here. Because the only way for us to move forward spiritually, we got to be honest with ourselves. And if you're here this morning, I actually have four altar calls. But on the first one, when you raise your hand, we're not going to give you anything to fill out. I just want, because there's going to be too many hands, but I'm giving you everything.